Today in Canadian History for May 12th, I'm Mark Affo. Canadian author and conservationist Farley Mowat was born in Belleville, Ontario on this date back in 1921. The success of Mowat's writing career has elevated him to an iconic status in the world of Canadian literature. His writing often portrays our nation's landscape and the animals that inhabit it. Now, while most Canadians are content to enjoy Mowat's work through, you know, reading it, one Albertan family actually decided to experience those landscapes firsthand. Inspired in part by a letter correspondence with Mowat himself, Leanne Allison, her husband Karsten Hauer, their two-year-old son Zev, and dog Willow set out on an epic pilgrimage to meet the author at his summer home on Cape Breton Island. Their plan was to retrace the landscapes that Moet had captured decades earlier in books such as Never Cry Wolf, Lost in the Barrens, and my personal favourite, Owls in the Family. They began at their home in Canmore, Alberta, about 100 kilometres west of Calgary. They travelled by canoe through the prairies all the way to Hudson Bay. From there they travelled via train to the east coast, ending the journey by sailing from Newfoundland to Cape Breton Island. The 5,000-kilometer, six-month-long journey was captured by Leanne in a documentary entitled Finding Farley, which won both the Grand Prize and People's Choice Award at the 2010 Banff Mountain Film Festival. I had the chance to speak with Leanne about the trip and the iconic Canadian writer who inspired it. What was it about Farley Mowat's writing that, that inspired such a such an epic trip? Well, we both my husband Carson and I had read Farley Mowat's books since we were kids, and I think he kind of had this. He helped us really imagine the parts of Canada that we hadn't ever seen, like the Arctic and um, even you know, like a whale for the killing, really captured my imagination as far as. Um, conservation, like even at that time, it just wasn't that much of an issue, right? Um, and then his amazing connection with animals and all the incredible pets and so on that he had as a kid totally captured my imagination, just like thinking about having owls as pets and things like that. So I, I guess he just captured our imagination about Canada and wilderness and all kinds of ideas. <laughs> Did that change, I mean, particularly going from, from Canmore up to the north, I mean, did did that change in landscape offer any insight into his, his, different, uh, his different writings? Well, you know, the crazy thing that kind of coincidentally happened on the trip was, um, well, for example, in the prairies, we, uh, we ended up, one of the little places we were camping, uh, my husband, Carson, and my son were up in a big old cottonwood tree, and just for a lark, Carson called out for a great horned owl, and lo and behold, it called back and swooped right in. And so we had this kind of amazing exchange and visit from a great horned owl. And then up north, there were on a couple different occasions, these beautiful, well, one in particular, a beautiful white wolf trotted right through our camp, and that could have been Angeline from Never Cry Wolf. And then the kind of final kicker with, was when we left Burgio, Newfoundland, a pod of fin whales swam by. And those are the exact whales that Farley talks about in A Whale for the Killing, and apparently it's very rare for them to be seen on that coast now. So it's like we had these 
magical encounters with all of Farley Mullet's most famous characters. And we sort of felt like we were rediscovering these stories that are maybe just always there. And and what what you have to do to find them again is travel slowly enough and kind of be open enough and quiet enough that you'll actually find them as well. So it kind of sparked our imagination about this whole idea of stories in landscape. Now, a writer as popular as Mowat is not without critics. There are those who believe that Mowat, while writing about his early days, may have fabricated or exaggerated a few facts. Now, in the film, while, while you're traveling towards uh, Hudson Bay, you meet a family that, that isn't exactly the biggest fans of Farley Mowat. And I'm, I'm wondering, what was that like, sort of coming face-to-face with, with the critics? Well, they first of all, they were um, real, uh, very knowledgeable historians and... Um, sort of by nature and by the fact of being historians, they were sticklers about the facts and they recognized right away some of the, you know, intentional or not omissions and errors and so on that Farley has been accused of including in his writing for years. And so they, yeah, they just didn't like him and they felt like a lot of what he was doing was was damaging to the real history of what had gone on because people start to believe Farley Mowat and not what really happened. I think it was it was actually tough because that visit came at a point in the trip that was the most difficult. We were right after we visited with them. We had a massive, uh, you know, seven day huge lake crossing. We had ten days of paddling upstream, something that we'd never really done before, where you're you're actually lining your boat upstream and hopping lake to lake and you know the bugs were starting to get more intense and we're starting to get tired and all the all the while we've kind of been seated with this doubt about all of Farley Mullet's work so it actually led to this kind of crisis on the trip where we we were thinking about quitting and uh I think we didn't because as my husband sort of famously said um that Quit isn't in his vocabulary, <laughs> so we didn't quit. But um, so we continued, and I think we continued to read his stories along the way. And there were some really powerful moments where we felt like we literally stepped into a setting of his stories, like where he had so totally captured the essence of a place that it felt like we were kind of re-entering it physically and then also through the pages of his books. So we, I guess, you know, ultimately we felt like although he didn't necessarily get all the facts straight all of the time, he really uh, managed to capture a kind of deeper truth and this, this essence of the places that we were really and truly traveling through again. So I guess... We, in the end, were willing to overlook some of those things. Today is a day full of Canadian history. The Manitoba Act, which created the province of Manitoba, was given royal assent on this date back in 1870. The North America Air Defense, or NORAD, agreement was signed by Canada and the United States on this date back in 1958. And as always, we air this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CGSW 90.9 FM. 
The executive producers are Joe Burma and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher, and May Trio. Our series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cjsw.com slash today in Canadian history. It's time once again for a little bit of Canadiana trivia. Back in 1985, Farley Mowat was refused entry into the United States for a book tour. You see, the United States authorities weren't exactly happy with a lot of the groups that Mowat had aligned himself with over the years. As you can imagine, Mowat's publisher wasn't exactly happy, and they fought the ruling, eventually getting him a temporary visa. Mowat refused the visa and said that he would only enter the United States if President Ronald Reagan himself flew to Mowat's front door in Air Force One to deliver a personal apology. Obviously, his publishers said, uh, Farley, Farley, that's, that's a little bit unreasonable. Can't we bargain? He said, sure, I'll compromise. I'll enter the United States if Vice President George Bush flies an Air Force Two to apologize. 